0: Just a minute. I'm coming. FBI, open up. Just a minute. Hello, everybody. This is Legal Man. Welcome to the show. This is going to be a good episode. I'm going to talk today about how do they actually declare an emergency? Where's the power come from? And how much of an abuse the governors? used when they declared an emergency, how there was never an emergency under the statutory provision as written that they supposedly have power for, and just show you how these kinds of systems are never going to work. The government's totally out of control. There's really no check and balance. That's all just a fantasy. And for people who don't know me, I'm a lawyer. I've practiced for more than 30 years, and I'm America's most trusted and beloved lawyer because I tell them things like I do in this show. <laughs> I tell them the truth, show people a fundamental fraud. And I'm a self-certified master practitioner. I gave myself that title almost 20 years ago, and it's just clear every year that I, I definitely earned it. <laughs> All right, enough fooling around. Let's go ahead and get the show started because it definitely runs long today. So I thought I would do a show about the Texas law that just got passed. Everybody's talking about this so-called restriction on the COVID-19 VAX passports and what it means. And, of course, just like the Florida law I did the show on, there's all sorts of other stuff in there, and most of it doesn't help. And the little tiny bit that's supposedly in this Texas law that does help, it's extremely limited and sucks. But the but the law itself is rel- relatively complicated, and, and I've also realized that nobody's ever sat down, from what I've seen, and explained to people what's actually going on with these underlying laws? I know I I got pissed about it. My very first episode was how I went off on the fact that they, in effect, are getting an injunction against everybody in the state by just magically declaring this so-called emergency or disaster. And then all these so-called additional powers kick in. And I've made all sorts of shows since then. And I've explained to people that the federal government has absolutely no authority to do this at all, that a statute just doesn't give the Federal government, any authority. There's some question whether a statue might, even under the bullshit scheme, we're told, give a state type of government, which is more of a general government, such authority. But state constitutions are usually way, way longer and involve way more stuff. And they're really not like constitutions. They're they're not like the federal constitution, which is a very short document. Very limited powers that has been just expanded out through utter nonsense and... uh, sleight of hand but an important point here is that it's almost impossible to even understand what these amendments are and i am going to go through and and read most of the amendments to this so-called texas bill just like i did with florida kind of skip through some of it but mostly go over it and show people but i want to before i do that i think it's important to understand how complicated it is to understand what's going on, even for a lawyer, because it requires you to jump back and forth between multiple different documents and so-called laws that are already on the books, and they amend them in certain ways, so when they amend them, you have to go back and look at it. In this case, you've got a health and safety code and you have a government code. They're both being amended in this same bill, this, this amendment bill. It actually amends multiple different parts of the code. Most people probably don't even understand something like that. That's why it's even more complicated. And then on top of that, it creates new agencies or at least new positions inside certain other agencies. There's all this intergovernmental kind of local versus state versus federal jurisdiction and these overlap of these different boards and commissions. And it's it's basically impossible to keep track of any of this crap, what's going on. Like I said, even for a lawyer, you have to specialize in these areas. And... Nobody's ever sat down and explained to people the way this stuff works and why it's so screwed and why it is that here it is more than a year later. And really there's never been any thorough explanation of any of this stuff. And these government agencies, they never have to actually produce any proof. does <laughs> none, none at all. And instead of doing the federal law, which I may do later. I wanna do the Texas one, at least to give you an idea before I actually start in on all of these amendments. And I don't know how far I'm gonna get with uh, the amendments or anything else, because I don't know how long it's gonna take. But I think it's gonna be an important way to do it so people can start really understanding what's going on here. Because one of the things I'm finding is that I, I take for granted how much I already know about the law after practicing for so long and talking to other lawyers and reading stuff and, and then going looking stuff up and, and knowing exactly where to look it up and how to find it. Most people don't even have any idea where to even start. And they really don't even know what they're looking at when they read it. And it's just amazing to me, but of course that's all part of the game, to make sure that the people are fully and completely dependent upon these stupid statements coming from either uh, useless uh, journalists or bought and paid for politicians themselves and the whole thing, it results in what you can see, which is that a government that just does anything it wants, and the people have no damn clue, and everybody runs around and argues about a bunch of shit that most of the time, both sides are just totally full of crap. <laughs> so the way I'm going to do this, there's multiple documents that you need. I think I'll probably go ahead and link them all in case people want to look at them. The Texas Government Code, the Texas Health and Safety Code, and the, and the text of the bill that they're actually amending. And the very first thing you have to wonder about is what does it mean when and what are the conditions of this so-called state of emergency or disaster? Each place has a different word. And in Texas, in the one we're looking at, it's not that unusual, but they have certain definitions. And in Texas, he can declare, the governor can declare this so-called state of disaster and he can do it by counties or smaller than a county, the whole state. And in Texas, what happened was he declared a state of, a, of disaster for the entire state of Texas very early on when there were literally no cases in more than 100, 150, 200 of the counties in Texas. Didn't have any cases at all for months. And so I want to show you what a complete and total abuse that was of the so-called authority he was even given by this, in my opinion, very questionable piece of legislation anyway, which expands out the government's authority under this condition that whenever the government d- determines that, that some kind of so-called disaster or emergency exists, that therefore the power of the government massively increases. And if you can't see how dangerous a circ- circumstance like that is, well, then you're blind and you can't be helped. But you can't have the entity that's going to get more power being in charge of deciding when the conditions are ripe to give themselves more power. (laughs) It's idiotic. But let's look at what a disaster is defined in as Texas, and that's in the government code. And it says a disaster means the occurrence or imminent threat of widespread or severe and then damage, injury, loss of life or property. And then it has some other stuff. But let's look at that right there. The imminent threat, whatever that means, imminent threat of widespread, well, it's not damage. You don't get damage from a so-called virus. You get loss of life. You don't get, you don't even get injury. So it can be damage, injury, loss of life, or property. Well, you don't have the first one, damage, because that's, that's something that occurs to property. Okay, that's something that occurs to property or some other physical damage. That's if you get a cold or you get sick and you have to go on a respirator, that's not damage. And it's, it's not injury. See, injury results from something like a tree falling on you. If you have cancer, you don't get an injury from that cancer. That's not an injury. So you have a medical condition. You may have symptoms, but you're not suffering an injury. An injury is something else. It's a very different kind of thing under the law. So all you really can have is the loss of life in order for there to be a disaster in Texas. So it would read like this. A disaster means the occurrence or imminent threat of widespread loss of life. (laughs) And then it can be from anything. And I agree that it fits the definition of the events that can give rise to that. And they've changed that anyway now to make sure it's included. But it has to have an imminent threat of widespread loss of life. So that's obviously just an absurd, open-ended Barnum statement. Obviously just ridiculous, right? If I were to tell you that I've decided that a disaster in Texas means the imminent threat of widespread loss of life, and under my definition, there aren't even any cases for months and months and months in the vast majority of counties in the entire state would you consider that to be an abuse of the authority? (laughs) I mean, it's just ridiculous, right? Under no circumstances, if there aren't even in cases, can there have ever been the authority to claim that there was an imminent threat of widespread loss of life when there weren't even people sick. Forget the asymptomatic nonsense. We're talking about no cases being reported. I'm not talking about people being in the hospital about to die. I'm talking about months and months and months with vast majority of counties in Texas that didn't have any reported cases. <laughs> so how is that an imminent threat of widespread loss of life? See, it's not. It's, it's not. See, that's right there. It's a gross abuse of the authority. There was never any basis under the law for the governor to have declared this disaster in the state. And the only reason they did any of these things was to make sure that they could get the federal money that flowed from Trump's National Declaration of Emergency, which then unleashed the floodgates of trillions and trillions of dollars of, again, totally unconstitutional money pouring out from the federal government into the states. But can you see how outrageous this is? <laughs> can you see this? Is this not... Uh, Is this not the definition of tyranny to abuse a statue like that. And every state was the same. Every state was the same. The, the vast majority of places said no cases for a long time. And then when they finally did get cases, most of them were asymptomatic. Under no circumstances in Texas, with more than almost 30 million people in this state, and only 600,000 died in the entire country over a, more than a year, we lost a few, you know, tens of thousands of people allegedly died from this thing. Okay. It's nothing. It's a teeny tiny nothing percentage. If an event like that can fit within the definition of an imminent threat of widespread loss of life, then it's very difficult to understand what that definition means and where it would ever be cut off. You see that? <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous, right? I mean, it's completely absurd. And you can see how my analogy to a injunction fit perfectly because if you were going to lock somebody down, which means close their business, restrict their liberty, any of those things like that, that restrict liberty and force you to either do something you don't want to do or refrain from doing something you have every right to do, that's an injunctive relief. That's that's not monetary relief. They're not ordering you to pay a fine. They're ordering you to commit an act or to not commit an act. And that can only be obtained by an injunction. And when you have an injunction, the party seeking the injunction has to come forward with all the proof. And it's a very high standard of proof. They have to come forward with a large amount of evidence to prove that your civil rights and your business can be shut down. But see, the way they got around it in this case is by having these emergency declarations and all these laws, which they're now rewriting and codifying all over the United States and rewriting them like I covered in Florida. And in Texas, they're doing the same thing. But you can see how we'll hold it if they would have had to actually serve me with a lawsuit and provide me with an opportunity to go into a court with counsel, and it was their burden to come forward with all the evidence to show how there was an imminent threat of widespread loss of life about to occur, which justified their shutting my business down, they never could have met that standard. It's because in most of these counties, these people were operating, and there weren't even any cases. How are you going to win an injunction in front of a real judge for something like that? The judge would laugh you out. In fact, you might even be able to file a counter, sort of Rule 13, oftentimes, for a frivolous claim and get your own attorney's fees for having to defend such nonsense. And there aren't even any cases. What do you mean imminent threat of widespread loss of life in the county? It's asinine. In my county, the hospitals were basically empty the whole time. So all these things were completely unreasonable, but you have no way to challenge it. See, there is no way to challenge what the government does under this law. You're not given a private right of action. And that's how they get around it. See, if you're not given a private right of action, who's there to enforce it? Who's there? (laughs) Only other government lawyers. See, so it's all the same team is supposedly there to keep the other team in check. And that's why it didn't work, and that's why it failed so miserably. And that's why over the last year, we still never had any of these so-called health experts who they relied on, allegedly, to produce evidence to show what they were based on. The closest we got was that case in Pennsylvania that I did a whole show on. And when there was some minimal amount of discovery, it turned out there was no evidence at all. They didn't have any evidence to support any of the disasters, emergencies declarations, all this other crap, it's just totally and completely made up. See, and it's the exact same situation here. And Then you, on, you layer on top of that, you layer on top of things like a division of emergency management that they have. <laughs> okay, what is that? It's just a totally unelected load of shit that runs around creating stuff who's empowered as a result of this other power that they've given themselves through this so-called disaster. You see how it's working now? They build all these things up, and then they don't give you any new cause of action. And all the amendments that existed that they wrote now, there's no new uh, cause of action. There's nothing where a private citizen has a right to step forward and challenge this so-called imminent threat of widespread loss of life. There's nothing in there. You still don't get a right to it. There's still no way to actually challenge that initial declaration by the governor that kicks it all off. (laughs) <laughs> think about that. Think how absurd that is. How, how can people claim this is a government of buying for the people when there's no way to, for the, to actually check the government? Oh, we have checks and balances. Well, what are the check and balance here? What is it? There isn't one. See, there isn't one. It's just whatever the governor decides this Barnum statement means. And then you're stuck with it. And then they get all these additional powers. And all these additional powers, well, they're all codified now. <laughs> so you can't do anything about it. You can't challenge any of these things in any meaningful way. Not only will you not have standing, which is a common way they pour you out, because the government itself has declared itself to be our sovereign and given itself what's called sovereign immunity. Well, a sovereign is supposed to be a king. It's not a government that's of, by, and for the people. My government is, is not sovereign over me. It, it makes no sense. If, if I'm in charge of the government, like everybody runs around saying, then the government's not my sovereign. So how does it have sovereign immunity? When have the people agreed that the government can do whatever it wants and there is no check or balance on the government except for more government? How does this help me? I have to wait, what, till the next election? <laughs> doesn't make any sense. See, that, that's why nothing happened. That's why this thing has run on and on and on. Because all the uh, acts are written in the same form and fashion, from the, both the federal all the way down the state, and then in each one of these local counties and cities, that each one of the... Political criminals who run these things have both immunity for their own conduct and immunity for the agencies and the governmental entities that they work for from being sued. So they can't get sued. They don't face any possible actual private damage for any misstep. See, they can abuse your rights in any way they want, and you don't have any claims. See, if a private individual something else, you all, oh, 1983 claim, a civil rights violation. See, that doesn't work in situations like this. That doesn't work. You can't file a 1983 action against the governor. For this stuff's going to get poured out. They're going to laugh at you. Okay? So now you kind of have an idea. In the health disaster or emergency, you have to have these conditions, a public health disaster is declared by somebody else, not just the governor, but the commissioner inside this health emergency situation in Texas, where they just dream up this other thing. It's a totally unelected position. And a public health disaster in Texas means, originally, a declaration by the governor of a state of disaster, which I just went over, and, and a determination by the commissioner that there exists an immediate threat from a communicable disease that poses a high risk of death or serious long term disability to a large number of people. That's how it was written when it was declared that in Texas. A determination by the commissioner that there exists an immediate threat from a communicable disease, that doesn't just mean an STD, okay, it just means something that you can catch. That poses a high risk of death or serious long-term disability to a large number of people and creates a substantial risk of public exposure because of the disease's high level of contagion or the method by which the disease is transmitted. That was the state of the law when they declared this so-called state of emergency in Texas, when there was a public health disaster. How does that make any possible sense? high risk of death or serious long-term disability. There's nobody obtaining this long, serious risk, large number of people. There aren't even any cases in most of the counties. How could they ever declare a public health disaster under such a circumstance? <laughs> you see that? There would have to be, exist an immediate threat. Immediate threat, that was the language. Immediate threat. Well, how could you have an immediate threat that poses a high risk of death in a situation where there's not even any cases in the counties. Hi, it's Legal Man. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you appreciate the unique insight and information I provide, then go over to my Patreon account for The Quash and become a member. I have bonus shows and material, early access, and it's a good place to meet like-minded people. I have people ask me all the time, what can we do, Legal Man? Well, start by voting with your pocketbook. It's the only vote that really counts. Support things that tell people the truth. Getting people to understand the truth is the only solution we have to this insanity. Look, I get it. There are a lot of people who can't afford to support my show with money. But there are a lot of people who can. And if you can and you like the show, you should support it. That's what free markets look like. The people running this scam, they have unlimited funding. I don't have support of that system. In fact, I get harassed because I tell people the truth that they don't want the people to know. So we have to stick together. So go sign up. Now let's get back to the show. Well, how could you have an immediate threat that poses a high risk of death in a situation where there's not even any cases in the counties? How? (laughs) How? You see, it doesn't work. And so right there, you can see that both the governor And the commissioner in charge were in gross violation of the law, but there is no way to hold them to account because the only people who can hold them to account are the other government lawyers. You don't have a private right of action against these government agents. You can't challenge their determination. They just get to make this Barnum statement determination, and then that's it. But you can see right there that the entire lockdown in Texas was completely and totally illegal under their own rules. They don't follow their own rules. <laughs> and I went over this in my very first uh, podcast and I explained it to people. And this is one of the reasons I even started a podcast is because it's so outrageous. It's so ridiculous. It was so far beyond anything, even if you want to assume all their other ridiculous concocted ideas of all this authority they have. If you look at the authority they had even been given, even allegedly under the actual law, they don't meet it. They don't meet any of it. It's not even a close call. You think you're going to convince a jury that you you actually have some kind of actual immediate threat of a high risk of death? When you don't even have cases in the vast majority of counties, and the vast majority of cases that exist are either very minor symptoms or asymptomatic, which is what we were all being told. <laughs> you see that? Think of all the people, millions, almost 30 million people. They locked down, closed businesses, screwed them all over. And what was the, what was the risk that these state officers took by doing that? What was it? It was nothing. Say It's nothing. They don't risk any personal liability at all. None. The governor doesn't, the commissioner doesn't, none of these other people risk anything. (laughs) See, systems like that can never work. When one side takes no risks and has all the authority, and the other side takes all the risks and has absolutely no authority to go and even challenge it, what chance is there? (laughs) None. Do you see how hollow that was? And this is on top of the fact that Trump's national declaration of emergency is totally unconstitutional because there's no such thing as a right to declare a national emergency in the Constitution. None. None whatsoever. They just wrote a a statute and said they gave themselves this additional power. Well, you can't give yourself additional power under a constitutional government, especially not one that's enumerated, limited government like our federal government supposedly is. By writing a statute, you have to look in the Constitution. But guess what? It's not in there it's very clearly not in there they don't have any such authority to declare a so-called national emergency and anybody can go look it up and see that there's more than 30 different national emergencies currently running some have been running for decades and decades this is how abused the people are and yet nobody talks about it see nobody talks about it and that's why i wanted to bring it up because it's just so stinking outrageous and in my next show i'm going to definitely go over these so-called amendments to the health code, and to the government code, which allows them to do all these things. And then the big headline is that you can't have vax immunity passports. Oh, you don't can't have a vax passport. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Like that's supposed to be some great deal. It's so bad for you. The amendments are not helpful. And I don't know how much clearer I can make it that it doesn't ultimately matter what they say in these amendments or anything else because they don't obey it. They just do whatever they want. You see, they just do whatever they want because there is no personal liability and there's no way to make them obey the law because it doesn't work and everybody has seen now. When you have everybody on the same team, government lawyers having to be the ones who check the government in a government court, how can that ever work? And when the citizens don't have any right to go in there and collect huge amounts of damages and penalties and fines and attorney's fees and all sorts of things, if they just find these violations, if you had a statutory right to bring a challenge that there was ever this so-called imminent threat of widespread death, if you could bring a case like that, then... (laughs) I would have brought a case like that. And I could have made a whole lot of money off this. And I would have saved 30 million people a lot of trouble. But see, they can't allow something like that because you can't allow real oversight of what the government does. Because the government is just a scam to abuse you. And the people are just fed lies. I've had to listen for more than a year, these constitutional conservatives. Not one single one has ever brought up and analyzed this kind of thing. It's not floating around. No one's bringing this point up. I brought it up on day one and there's so many other things that they violate. Well, the reality is I've, I've run out of time on this. I, I knew I couldn't get into very far, but I wanted to at least make that very clear point to people just so you can now know that anybody can go look at their own statute in their own state and see that they're all worded very similarly, and the reality is they don't fit the description, and yet nothing happened, and nobody's held to account, and now it's not even a point. You now it's just blown through. And now they've codified these new changes that will allow them to make eh, some easier, maybe fit kind of better within the law. But even that, they're not going to ever meet this thing. It never would have fit again. Even with the changes, they never would have been uh, okay in doing it under these circumstances. So next time, I'm, I'm going to start going through some of these amendments in Texas and show you how completely screwed they are and how you have no chance under this system. So anybody who thinks these conservatives are on their side, they're just dreaming. Governor Abbott's a so-called conservative. Look what an abuse of power he engaged in. Look at it. That's ridiculous. And what happens? Not a damn thing. See, not a damn thing. Nothing ever happens to them. <laughs> uh me. Oh, well. I've run out of time. I've run over a little bit. So I want to thank the people who are my Patreon account and support me. Because without them, I simply wouldn't do the show anymore. And I'd probably just pull all my public shows, to be honest with you, because I already know the truth. I already know how all this works. <laughs> I've already figured it out. And so I love to be able to help people who want to learn. But most people just harass me for being too negative. Oh, the legal man is so negative, Paul. Oh, we need to get organized. Go, go organize all you want to so-called get your guy in there. Abbott's supposedly on your side. Look how shit it was. Just total abuse. It's not about getting the right people in there. I'm showing people the fundamental problem with the way the system's designed. See the fundamental way it's designed doesn't work, so. Well, by this time, some people may know that you know I've been cast in a movie. i Mr. Jones for the Jones Plantation. I'm really excited about it. We're going to film in September. It's going to be out by the end of the year or early next year. It's a great movie. It's a basically an anarchist, anti-establishment, anti-system movement, and it's a movie that there's a short on the internet, Larkin Rose. Did everybody in the Liberty Movement knows who he is. And I'm really excited about the project. I really am. And you know, I hope the community of like minded people get behind that project and really make it go through the roof. I really do. And if you want to follow me, I'm Legal Man at US Law Review on Twitter. And I've got more than 100 free shows out there on my podcast. You can listen to them and share them. And you can support my show. You can join Patreon, support my show. I appreciate that. I've got a couple different levels that allow people to support it and get all the different bonus shows and materials I put in there. And I put a lot in there. A lot of stuff I simply don't make public. I make plenty public, but a lot I don't. So, all right. You guys have been a great audience. Everybody have a nice night or day, wherever you are. Take care. Thank you, everybody. Put your hands yay, together yay. one more time it's for Lego Man. Yay, yay. Great show, man. Thank Thanks so much. You get to take your servers all the way out. More, quality. more. More, more.